All right, we're just testing your flexibility this morning. We're like, if you come to Upper Room, you really have to like, like it because we make it really easy to leave. Um, so um, we're not doing this to play mind games. We felt like the Lord um, wanted us to do something. Uh, last Sunday evening, we had a table event uh, with Peter Lewis for just leadership, um, our, our key leadership as well as um, some local leadership and, and some of his leadership. So we had these tables out, and just to be really honest with you, I was like, I was like man, Lord, I, I th- do you want to do this again? And, and I felt like the nudge to just say, leave him out, and, and we're going to do this. Um, so so we're gonna, everybody's going to get a place at the table. Here in a, in a little bit, we're going to flop, okay? So we do need some people to fill in here in a few moments um, into the table because we need the rest of you to fit on the round two. Um, so, so basically, I'm just going to speak for a few minutes, some things that are on my heart and some things on thankfulness, and then we're going to do a table event, and we're just going to honor the Lord. We're going to sit at his table. We're going to eat of him, and he is the bread, and we're going to drink of his cup, and we're going to be unified in that. And, uh, but I felt like the Lord put some things on my heart, and part of it is just being sappy around this time of year, and, and part of it is um, just some things that were stirred up in me maybe a, a last week or the last few weeks. And, um, and I, enter th- I enter November in, in Thanksgiving time truly in gratitude and thankfulness. And I begin to just, like, just think of that and, and, and quite simply, um, the Lord just like, made it really simple for me a couple weeks ago, just reflecting on mercy and grace. And, and, and I think we could, we could gather around his table and simply just be thankful for his mercy and his grace, and, and just as simplified as possible, him. You know, and I think sometimes we, we get wrapped up, and, and I think the last time I preached, I was talking about Thanksgiving before Christmas. They, they, they gave thanks, um, they, they broke the bread, gave thanks, and then did communion. And, and getting into that mindset of being thankful, getting into that Thanksgiving, getting into that, that place of adoration before we go to the busyness, Right? And, and I think that's, that's one thing of like today is, so I, I simply just had a few stories in, in, in Luke 17, 11 through 19. It's the story of the 10 lepers. And, and I just find it really interesting that some of us, we overlook sometimes the context and the meaning and sometimes the Greek and Hebrew words of what the depth of some of these things mean. So just briefly, I'm going to just speak for, for a few minutes on, on some of this. Jesus asked, verse 17, um, Luke 17, 17 through 19 is all I'm going to read for now. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? So, so one had come back. All 10 were healed, okay, cleansed of their leprosy. One came back. And he says, has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, he was, he was a Samaritan. Then he said, rise and go, your faith has made you well. If we go to the original context there, your faith has made you well, is actually the sozo word. It's a similar word of, of, of saved, healed, and delivered. So see, when he gave thanks, he was saved, healed, and delivered spiritually, physically, emotionally, naturally. When, when the other 10 lepers, yeah, they, they kept their healing. It doesn't say they lost their healing. They were physically cleansed. They were physically healed. They no longer had leprosy. But the one that gave thanks was, was healed wholeheartedly all the way healed. I want to live in that realm of thanksgiving where I'm in adoration with the Lord, where I'm walking around whole mind, body, soul, spirit, physical, right? All of it. So then I begin to just, I love what Nicole says about grace and mercy, and and it's mercy is not getting something you do deserve. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. 
I, I want to just say that again, and I know maybe it's a common saying or something. I don't know. I first heard it from her. I don't know if you plagiarize that or not. I'm not certain. But mercy is not getting something you do deserve. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. Grace is getting that forgiveness that we don't deserve. You know, grace is getting that, that, that love, that, that free, clint, like, like hope that we don't necessarily deserve, right? We were born into sin. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. We do deserve punishment for our sins. But he who knew no sin took it on so that we, we don't have to walk around, like Lydia was saying, in bondage. We are free. If Christ is in us, we are free. That's mercy. That's mercy, that's great. So, so when I was journaling a week or a couple weeks ago, it was like, I'm thankful for not getting what I deserve, and I'm thankful for getting what I don't deserve. And then I was like, wait, that's grace and mercy. And then it brought me to John 8, 3 through 11, the woman caught in adultery. I, I love this story. It's probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Because in the Hebrew culture, she would have been stoned. She would have been put to death, as well as the man that she was with, even more severely so. And this story is just a complete story of mercy and grace. And here's the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious and the political leaders of the time coming in, in front of this woman, wanting to cast stones at her and wanting to literally kill her. And, and Jesus totally disrupts what culture is, and he disrupts what society wants, and he disrupts what the norm is and what, what general penance would be, Right? to do it his way and I look back at my life and I'm like man I may not have been caught in adultery but I've been in that place where I deserved something way worse than I got and 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 I just think that is such a radical story of of and then all of a sudden he's like he's he's without sin cast the first stone they're all looking around they begin to disappear because they're not without blemish and then suddenly what happens is he looks at her and he gets down and he digs something in the dirt, right? And you've heard me preach on it before and I heard Damon Thompson preach one of the most radical, awesome messages on this ever. Maybe that's why it's one of my favorites now. But, but anyway, he's like, everybody thinks that like it was, it was the message that he was writing and he was maybe trying to teach something to Pharisees. But I heard once like it was, no, it was to catch her eye because she was probably walking in shame. And it was to catch her eye and to dig in her dirt and not get not care what all of the religious leaders thought but he's down there digging in the dirt down low to catch her eye to to remove that shame and the sin he says go sin no more you're forgiven you're you're good like you're free right and that's mercy that's grace so we get to john 6 and this is where the heart of the the message for today is at the table because we're going to do two parts here it's part one is just being so thankful for mercy and grace. And we're going to, those of you who are in, on the outlying seats and up, up top, we're going to give you an activation. We're going to have cards. And, and what you're going to do is you're going to write things of mercy and grace. When was a time that you experienced mercy? When was a time you experienced grace? Let me just be honest. Nicole got pulled over a week or two ago. And uh, in my car, well, our family car, it's basically the girl's car. And uh, the tags were expired. And um, the police pull her over. They're like, you know your tags are expired? She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. Do whatever you have to do. He's like, well, if I did this, I'd have to write your husband a ticket because it's in his name, and I'd have to tow the car, and I'm not going to do that. And she's like, well, do whatever you need to. I'm like, why'd you say that? <laughs> say that? Say thank you. <laughs> she did deserve to get a ticket, or I deserved to get a ticket. 
We deserve to get a ticket. Our, our finances are combined anyway, so it would have been all the same. We deserved a ticket. We deserved a towing. But there was a police officer that showed kindness, and it was over a year. It was almost a year and a half expired. We moved houses, and they mailed it to our old address, and we didn't remember to renew it. And it's something we don't drive that frequently. So anyway, that's mercy and grace, like not getting something she deserved and getting something she didn't deserve, a free pass that day. Needless to say, I went out the very next morning and got new tags, had to get new plates and everything because it was so expired. But that's mercy and grace. So, so that's going to be one activation. We'll facilitate it here in a moment. But I really want to get to the heart of John 6. P Peter actually read from this last week a little later. And I, it's going to be just John 6, 1, um, 1 through 14, NLT. John 6, 1 through 14. Is it okay if we just spend about 5 to 10 minutes on this and then we'll facilitate a table of it? <clears throat> if you said no, I'm still going to do it. I have the microphone today, so I was praying all week. I was like, Lord, was this a God idea or is this a really dumb idea doing what we're doing here? Like, we know we don't fit. Like, we, we, we realize this, and uh, thankfully, there's a lot of people traveling. Not thankfully that some people are sick, but anyway, it's a little lighter in here, maybe. I don't know. Uh, after this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs and healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Now, now this is fitting that, that they say this. Now, now, let me back up here. There are only two miracles that are mentioned in all four Gospels. This one, where Jesus feeds 5,000. And the other one is the resurrection. Those are the only two. So I felt it's fitting that we spend some time on this, seeing that all four Gospels account of this. So it's, it's, it's kind of funny that they mention the Passover because Jesus doesn't have to recognize it. It's, it's not one of those things, but it's foreshadowing because it's now that time, but Jesus is the bread. It's the Passover to where no longer is it the lamb or, or a goat that needs to be slain, but Jesus became the lamb. The five loaves that we're going to get to here in a second, that's, that's grace. Five is a symbol. The number five is a symbol of grace. Two is a symbol of union. Also, from the root word, is into the root word of communion. Two, fish. And it was fish because it's symbol also that it's no longer rams and goats and these things. And there's something about fish that we need in our diet. It's the oil of the fish. There's something on the oil of the altar and something bringing us to the table. So, so we get to this, and it says in verse 5, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? <laughs> Pretty rhetorical question. <laughs> they would not have had the means to, to do that. He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five loaves of barley and two fish. But what good is it with this huge crowd? So they're like, wait, there's a boy. He's got a lunchbox, and he's got five loaves of bread and two fish. Let's steal his lunch. I think that's symbolic, using the least likely of anybody that could provide for this crowd. It's 5,000 men numbered alone. Men, not numbering women and children. So 
It's, he's using the least likely to provide for the people. Jesus saw the crowds, he saw the multitudes, and he was moved with compassion. So, so here, here's what happens, all right? Because part of the point of this message is you belong at the table. That boy thought he was just showing up and bringing his lunch pail. Like, what's Jesus doing today? I heard there were some miracles. He probably got drugged with his mom, right? And now he's like, wait, this kid has some food. When you think you don't belong, when you think you don't have something to offer, let me just tell you, that's exactly what Jesus is looking for, because you do. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy, five loaves, two fish. Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they sat down at the grass, at, on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves. What did he do? He took the bread, and he did what? Gave thanks. Before it was distributed, before it was consumed, before they were full and happy, before that Thanksgiving turkey hit the gullet, before that football game came on, they gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus, let me just tell you this, when you eat of Jesus, you're always full. When you taste and see that he's good, you'll never be empty. Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled how many baskets? How many tribes? There's so much symbolism in the Bible, y'all. You should research that. Baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. Now let me put this in context not the Messiah they had been expecting. They had been expecting a prophet like Moses would appear again. They had hoped for another prophet. All right, and then here's what happens. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, now not Messiah king, political king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. He wouldn't have anything of it. So there's just so much goodness in this. And the thing that grabbed my attention was that First off, he wasn't just healing the sick. He was also providing for all their needs. <sighs> a few verses later, that's when we get into Jesus is the bread of life. What Peter spoke from last week. And if you missed that message, you need to hear that message. Here's the deal. Jesus isn't just consumed with our physical and natural needs. He's consumed with our spiritual needs. It's everything. He met the natural and the physical. He's healing people. He's, and then he goes into this big thing that he is the bread of life, and anybody who eats for him will never be hungry again. He is the eternal substance that we all need. We get to eat from his body. We are his body, right? And we get to join together and reflect and remember him and do this as often as we do it. We remember that he, he is the bread of life, that he, his blood is symbolic to this juice. This is the thing that we get to gather around a table. We get to gather around a table next Thursday and say, we are thankful for mercy and grace. We are thankful for Jesus alone. We are thankful that, that his body was broken so we could be healed. We are thankful that he is the bread of life. We are thankful that there is power in his blood and we are covered by that blood. The simple things. Let, let me just tell you this. Like, sometimes we get caught up in the consumerism, not just Christmas, but life. That promotion, that job, that car, that, that house, none of that's going to go to heaven with us. Even the money. There's a guy at work who always jokes around, never see a Brinks truck in a funeral recession, procession. I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so 
point is this. Jesus is the bread. That's all we need. His blood covers us. And, and he provides this mercy and grace that we don't deserve, we don't earn. When, I, when new dads happen, every new, brand new dad in this place has probably got this text from me, especially over the last two years. When they have a little baby, I said, now don't you get the revelation of the Father's love. They don't deserve that love. They did nothing to earn that love. They poop, they eat, they sleep, they cry. Repeat, 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 repeat. They need our care. You guys can come. They need our care. But for some reason, that first time, those first moments with that child, and moms, you, you can relate too, that first time, you instantly are in love with that little being. They did nothing to earn it. They did nothing to deserve it. Maybe for some of you, it's like a little puppy. If you don't have kids, maybe it's a puppy. We're kidding. But the point is this. They, they did nothing to earn it. And suddenly, there's unconditional, lavished, unending love for that being. That's the Father's love. That's whose blood covers us. That's whose bread we get to eat from. Like, he is the life. He is the bread of life. So here's what we're going to do. I'd love for some people to fill in. Can you guys just fill up the tables right now? I'm going to give you a moment to do this because we're going to need round two here in a little bit. And, by the way, you guys can be eating on those grapes. Just leave about 50% for the next group coming in. Aren't those the most giant green grapes you've ever seen? I sampled a few on Friday. They're okay. They're good. Now, those of you who are still in other seats, you are going to get a place at the table. You all belong. This is just all the tables that we had. So, I'm going to ask my sister in a minute to help lead communion. Lead, Cheryl. Cheryl. Lee. It's like I'm talking to my kids. Chloe, Hadassah, oh, Evelyn. Evelyn. <laughs> if you've never done that with kids, maybe it's been done to you. Even at work sometimes, or like somebody in the community will be like, Matt, Aaron. Matt, Aaron. <laughs> it's like, then they get feel bad about it. I was like, oh, my dad does it all the time. It's okay. So here, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to facilitate some ministry time, and then at the very end, we're all going to just come back together for worship. So but enjoy some grapes. Enjoy. Um, here in a moment, we'll, we'll break bread and, and pour juice, and you can at least maybe get the juices ready. Just pour maybe half a cup for each person, a little less, so that can go around to the next set of people that are going to join that table. And you guys, for a moment, just enjoy some grapes. Everybody who's in a chair, we're going to give you guys a note card right now and a pen. Note cards and pens, if we can get those around. On one side, I want you to write grace at the top. On the other side, I want you to write mercy at the top. And, and I'll remind you of that definition because I get them so mixed up. So grace is getting something you don't deserve. 
getting something you don't deserve, grace. Mercy is not getting something you do deserve. So on each side, I want you to write grace and mercy. If you get them mixed up, it's fine. It's all right. And if you're at home watching or through the week, I want you to do the same thing. Just on a scrap piece of paper, grace on one side, mercy on the other. And I want you guys to reflect and just spend some moments with the Lord as we facilitate communion. Then we're going to take turns and flop. But I want you to take a moment with the Lord and begin to thank Him and begin to just reflect on the times. And throughout life, I'm not talking this past week. Because I know with even the last few days, I, I, I got a lot of mercy and grace. Friday, I was not the best human that I've ever been. I was a grumpy human. And I needed way more grace and mercy. My sister Leah even got in a crossfire and she gave me some grace and mercy. My wife was also in that crossfire. And then we were going to do fun family night that night. I was like, I'll get my crap together and I will have fun. <laughs> so, grace and mercy. And I want you guys to just reflect on that. Take a moment. The band's going to play very softly. Now, those of you who are at the table, my sister Cheryl's going to come and grab that microphone. First off, on, on Sunday night, we did this. Let's hold up on that grace and mercy because you'll hear this part and then we'll all activate together. I read this song that my grandma used to sing and Cheryl sings it too, sang it for a number of years. And it's one of those things we sang it so much, I was like, no, not the blood song again. And uh, I just felt like, man, I'll, I'll ask Cheryl to lead the communion for, for the first half of this portion. So I just want to read these lyrics, because this is the blood that we talk about, and, and it was just really special on Sunday night. I, my dad led the blood portion of communion, and I read this song, because his mom would sing this, my grandma, and every time, he, he even said, yeah, every time we go to a camp meeting, every time we go to any church, they'd call my mom up, and she'd sing this song. And Cheryl kind of took on that, that anointing and, and, and began to sing this song. So I just want to read it for you, and she'll lead this portion into communion while everybody else does the note cards. But it says, um, the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary, the blood that gives me strength from day to day, and I'm talking like Pentecostal singing, from day to day, it will never lose. It's good singing, y'all. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain, And it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. And it goes, it soothes my doubts and it calms my fears and it dries up all my tears. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. And then it goes back in, it reaches to the highest mountain, it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. That's the blood of Jesus. It's kind. It's loving. It's powerful. It covers us when things are going great. It covers us when things are going terrible. Because it's his blood, and the power of his blood never changes. So 
while Cheryl leads, there you are, while Cheryl leads communion for, for the tables, I want you all to just reflect on mercy and grace and then we'll swap and, and do this again. There's just something about the blood that gets me through every single day. I say a lot of times when I pray for people that you were on his mind when he was on the cross. You personally, not just the body, not just the bride, but you. Think about your name on his mind when he was on the cross. Just take a moment and think about the fact that he said your name. He knew who you were. He knew where you were going to go. He knew your life. He knew your beginning and he knew your end. And he loved you enough to stay on there. Just a drop of his blood takes away everything. One little tiny drop. If you've ever just even just pricked your finger, a little drop, his blood is so powerful and it is so mighty that it can cure your disease. It can take away anxiety. It can heal the innermost parts that you try to hide. That one little tiny drop of blood washes it all away. There's a part in the Passion of the Christ that I'll never forget where he had walked through and he had been beaten and Mary got down with a towel and began to wipe up his blood. And I think about that a lot when I take communion. What it must have been like for her to sit there and watch and know that that blood was cleansing every one of us today, that it was worth it to her was there a moment where she wanted to say, just get down, son? But she knew the greater good as he was thinking about you. So as we take the bread right now and we think about his broken body and how much he was hurting as he began to think of you. We thank you, Jesus, right now for your body, your body that was broken for me, my personal journey, God, that you knew I would be sitting here this time and this moment that will never be again. We, Nicole says it all the time. We will never have this moment with these people at this time ever again. But he took every bit of your sin in his broken body right now, and we thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for who you are, Jesus. Thank you for loving me, God, in spite of who I am, in spite of what I've done. But I'm so in love with you. I just thank you right now, God. I love when Peter had us hold up the blood last week. And as you begin to think about just a drop of it covering you, just hold it up right now. God, thank you for your blood that covers me. I just put it over my head. We say a lot when we pray for people, 
By your stripes we are healed from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. Right now we just let your blood flow over us, God. Let it become oil that begins to just flow over us, God. The healing oil, Lord, of your love and of your blood right now as we drink that, Lord. And we, we thank you for your blood, Jesus. You are good, God. Jesus, we thank you. We begin to thank you all over this room right now. We just say thank you, Jesus. You are good. You are good. Thank you for washing it all away right now, Lord. Thank you for this body coming together. Thank you for unity right now, Lord. Thank you for family, Lord. It may not be perfect, Lord. It may not be what I thought it was going to be, but this is our family, Jesus. This is what you have called us together right now in this moment and this time, Lord. And we thank you for each and every person, Lord, that is celebrating your life. <laughs> Your life, Lord Jesus. This isn't about you dying. It's about you coming it coming back that you're, you're here. <laughs> and then we get to see you again, Jesus. Thank you for that. So here, here's what we'd like to do. Um, those who are sitting on the outside, now just take a moment on your note card and begin to do that activation. Those of you who are at the tables, we wanted to gather first as a church before we go off into the busyness of this week and gathering with families and friends, I'd love for you to minister to one another and just begin to talk. And we're gonna facilitate about five minutes of conversation here and ministry time. So you guys in the seats, you have five minutes on this note card to just have some time with the Lord for mercy and grace. Um, that being said, the two stories that, that I, I spoke about or many of the stories I spoke about today was not just spiritual health. It was not just physical healing. It was all, whole body, mind, body, soul, spirit, emotion, mental disease. It was all of it. So begin to minister to one another in that realm while the Lord ministers to your hearts and mercy and grace in the chairs. And we'll switch here in a minute. You have about five minutes as the band just begins to play to facilitate this.
two minutes left one to two minutes left so wrap up whatever it is that you're talking about and just begin to pray for one another just one final time here at the tables now that you all have cards you can finish up what you're doing in the chairs these cards are for you they're private we're not collecting them do something just I'm going to ask everybody who's in the chairs not at a table if you're at a table just stay seated those of you who are not at the table could you stand up and go stand behind somebody at a table just stand behind somebody and put your hands on their shoulders just find somebody we're just we're going to do something just a little different here so, if you're at the table, you stay seated. And if you're not at the table, just stand behind somebody, put your hand on their shoulders. So everybody gets one person with their hands on their shoulders. this front table, see a lady at that table, a couple more at this table, so just come on in, there's plenty of room, there's still folks that need prayer. So Cheryl's going to sing this song, and this is going to be one time she sings it to minister to all of us, and the people who are standing, just begin to, to pray for the person that you have hands on, begin to release Jesus' blood all over them. So just minister to them. Thank you, Jesus. Way back on Mount Calvary It's the blood Love 
and they're going to lay hands on you and we're going to let them bless you then we'll go through communion again and if my good friend Hannah could come up that would be great Hannah Wise so if you were just seated and now somebody's in your seat just just put a hand on them we're going to just do the same thing we're just going to bless them I'm going to be really honest. I didn't know how this was all going to work, but in this moment, what I see right now, it looks like a beautiful church family. It's not about the programs, presentation. It wasn't an eloquent message today with three discernible points, but it's the family of Christ coming together to just love on one another and make him the focal point. Make him the bread of life. Make his blood cover what he promises everything it will cover and do so just begin the, the band's going to sing now and just just begin to release a blessing and pray for who you have hands on and gently just just bless them while you do that i'm going to take a moment to engage with people maybe watching from home if you're watching right now online and you're part of this you're you're at a table 
a metaphorical table of Jesus. I just wanna bless you. Lord, I thank you for this family. I thank you for all who are connected to this family. I thank you that your blood cleanses, it covers, it connects us, it is true covenant. We thank you that you are the bread of life. We thank you that you gather us to a table where we belong, where we are worthy, where we are called. Lord, where you don't use our faults and our past against us, that you don't look at our history, you anoint us for our destiny, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your table that's set before us and the presence of our enemies, Lord. Lord, let our cups run over with you, Jesus, as we, as we enter this week with family and friends and finishing out work weeks and stores. Let us just ooze with your love. Let us leak out with your goodness. Let us be so full that, that people have a tangible encounter with your love and your power and who you are. You are good, Jesus. Let us taste and see that you're good. All right. Thank you, Jesus. All right. You guys can just have a seat in the sanctuary, in the seat somewhere, and um, take the note cards with you that you already had. Just take the note cards with you. We're going to ask Hannah to lead communion in a moment for those of you who are at the table. You don't have to leave the table if no one's waiting for your spot, and you can enjoy some of that good old bread again. I'm fine with that. Wasn't that the best communion bread you've ever had? If you avoided bread because you have to eat gluten-free, first we'll pray. Second, that little or loaf is gluten-free, so you can go back and partake of that. After we do this last communion, we're going to just worship together and end the service. Okay, Hannah's going to lead us through communion. If, and you guys can all just join in, and then when we do the ministry time at the tables, the people in the seats can do their cards then, if you haven't already done that. So... You, you were talking about, wherever you are from earlier, you are talking about that idea of like what you saw in the Passion of the Christ. And the thing that really gets me when I think of Christ's sacrifice is like, he's, he took every single hit and as he, he was like flayed open and like all of that pain, he took it all for us. And, and I don't know about you guys, but when there's sin in my life and there's things and habits and things I feel like I can't break and these, these things that the enemy is like keeps hitting me with, like Christ is sitting there on that cross. He took, he took it all and he's like, yeah, I, I know, but you're worth it. You're still worth it. You're worth it to me. So as we take the, the body today, like it was broken. To the very lowest of the low. Like, no one has a God like that. There is no idol like that that would do that for anybody. But our God does that for us. And so that sin in your life, that thing, that, that wall, like, I always am putting up walls. <laughs> that wall that you're like, yeah, no, I, I can't let you touch that, Jesus. Can't let you touch loss or guilt. 
I can't let you touch this area, this darkness. I don't let anybody see. Just let it come down in Jesus' name. And even if, if it's just a little bit, a little crumb comes off today, that's still progress. Because you know, on the other side of that wall, he's welcoming you. He never left. Not for a second, it's us that does that. So you wanna take that bread? Thank you, Lord. You're still, you're still doing it today. You haven't changed. We receive your body. And as we take you into ourselves, may you give us the energy to keep taking baby steps towards becoming more and more like you. Walls come down in Jesus' name. Shame and condemnation isn't your inheritance. It isn't. As we take the blood, it is all over scripture, blood. Our life's in there. <laughs> and my twin brother would tell you if you lose it, that's not a good thing, right? But he gave it to us. And as we take of it, remember it's, it's flowing through your veins and it's what brings all of us in this room together. Sustain us, Father, as we get with family, and sometimes it ain't easy. <laughs> sometimes we got strife, and sometimes we have generational bondage but may we be the agents of change that you've called us to be in our tables or our couches over a football game, whatever you've, you've set aside for us, that we be the agents of change and we stop having an identity of victimhood, but instead of victory, and that we be the ones that change it. Amen. Amen. So we're going to facilitate just some conversations here in ministry time to one another at the table. Um, those of you who are on the outside, just the mercy and grace on the cards. Uh, take a moment here. Now, now, Jesus is here to meet your needs and your wants. He's here to cover you and cleanse you. And, and we can't miss him. We can't, we can't also get caught up in the, the popular things and the signs and the wonders and all of that and lose sight of the essence of Jesus Messiah. See, he started multiplying the bread and the loaves and the, and the fish. So they, want, they thought he may have been a prophet because that's what Moses had done with the manna and prayed that from the sky. So see, now as Jesus began to multiply the bread and feed the 5,000, they're like, he's a prophet. He's like Moses. No, he's much more than a prophet. He's much more than a teacher. He's a savior. He's a messiah. He's a healer. He's a provider. I like the song. They, they wrote a song based on what I always preach on, 900 and... and, and over 950 titles of God in the Bible, right? That's who he is. Now there's a song on Caleb, like, I call you by a thousand names, right? They finally got it. So, so anyway, let's declare those names over one another at the table. There's healing here today. Whole body, whole mind, whole heart, whole soul, whole spirit healing. So begin to minister to one another and just begin to fill out mercy and grace in the chairs.
to two more minutes so finish up the ministry time your cards one to two minutes Okay, now I'm going to challenge you again to make you uncomfortable. We're going to all come into the center section here around all the tables, and we're just going to worship. I'm not opposed to you eating while you worship. That food is not just decoration. It's good. Eat it. It's amazing. So we're going to, the band's going to lead us and then dismiss us here in a few minutes um, after we just adore the king. So if we could just come in unity around the big table of God, um, there's 10 small tables, but Jesus only has one big table and we're all part of it. So let's just gather around these tables. And again, I'm not opposed to you snacking while we worship, but let's edify the king. Bless you guys.
kingdom of light, in the kingdom of light, forever under your dominion, you're the king of my life, you're the king of my life, sing it again, the reign of darkness now has ended, in the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of light, forever under your dominion, you're the king of my life, you're the king of my
With many crowns, the. 
healing in like I think auto autoimmune. Is anyone here? I may need to flush it down the toilet if it's not, but raise your hand if you are needing healing with any issues with autoimmune or maybe blood, like something, I don't know, blood infection or something that you're waiting results on or front table. Okay. There's one. There's two. Okay. I just feel like the Lord, what I saw, is like I saw us breaking the challah bread. And the bread that's at each table is actually used at Sabbath. And there's... In your own time, you, can, you guys can do some research on challah, but um, it's 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 actually the way that you do make the bread has to be very specifically done. Um, my family's Messianic Jew, so <laughs> I know very little, but <laughs> I know I, I know enough to know that um, there's a lot of um, prophetic. You know, even as Aaron was preaching, and I'll, and I'll get into how this ties into the what I feel like the Lord wants to do is is heal. Um, the way that, that, that the bread is prepared is very specific to align with scripture. And even with it being three strands, I don't know if you've noticed that it's braided. Um, and there's even like scriptural Old Testament, like some things that tie into even how the bread is made and tied together and baked. And when we were praying upstairs this morning, I just, I saw, um, I love tradition of old and in a lot of um, denominations, they have liturgy that talks about the Spirit of God infusing the elements with His presence. So that way when they break the bread, when we break the bread and we drink the cup and we eat the bread, that it actually is not just nourishing our bodies, but that, that there's power in doing communion to heal us. And so I just feel like, you know, when, when we were doing the table and, and, and I ordered the bread for last weekend, the Lord was like, get challah bread. And so I started doing research and I'm like, and then they got challah bread for today. And so I just feel like the Lord is just tying things in full circle for the healing that he wants to do in each of your bodies. So if we can just come around the folks that are needing healing, there's one in the back, there's one right up here and anyone else who's needing healing in their body, complete whole healing, whether you have a sickness, disease, mental health, um, let's surround those folks as well. But, but particularly, I feel like the Lord is really honing in on this autoimmune and, and, and he's saying, by his stripes, by my stripes, you are healed. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that what you did over 2000 years ago that blood does not go stale, it doesn't dry out, but that liquid blood doesn't even thicken like how some, some liquids get, get dry and, 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 and thick. No, that blood still flows freely. And so Lord, we release the fullness of heaven right now over their bodies, from their head to their toes, Lord. We speak into their immune system, into their bloodstream, Lord. Every molecule, that every atom that creates their being, Lord. We say yes and amen. Heaven come, healing flow, pain go, disease go. Lord, whatever is needed in each cell, Lord, if there's a deficiency or, or something missing, Lord, you have provided that through your body and your blood. So Lord, we thank you that you are calling them out. You said, I wanna heal them today. And so Lord, we thank you that you, all we gotta ask and we shall receive. Holy Spirit, come.
us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Man, this is church. This is church. This is the body of Christ. Whew. We're going to dismiss, but if you want to stay in worship, we're going to keep going here. And also, if you want to keep eating, Heath, where's Heath? Yeah, I know you would be. Look at him. He's got it better in his hand. <laughs> no, but really, please eat the bread, the grapes. If you need prayer, stay and get prayer. Like, man, the Lord is so good. We love you guys. So we're just going to worship and continue this. Um, if you want to come back tonight and help us decorate, you can do that. But we love you. Have an awesome, awesome Thanksgiving. <laughs>